This is a production of 1217 Media. Hey you guys, my name is Christian Sargent and I am so excited to be here today <laughs> making a YouTube video to talk about something that I recently posted about in my stories on Instagram. So I'm going to hop right into the video. I'm going to slip all, skip all of the preliminaries and all of that. Um, and let's talk about what we came here to talk about, right? Because I got feeling that this video might just trigger some people and it's okay, I'm, I'm not bothered by it at all. I'm pretty safe and secure in my foundation and who I am and what I believe. And I think that it's healthy to have conversations and engagement that could possibly just bring some insight, cause people to think, open your perception and perspective of certain things and allow you to truly get answers for yourself, all right? So I'm not really big on what somebody else told me, I'm very, very big on what I have experienced. So I'm not gonna give that much of um, direction on what you should do and 10 ways to know when you should leave your church. Um, I mean, not on this video, um, but I got quite a, I got some good story times. Now I'm not gonna lie, I got some really good story times coming y'all way and it's gonna really make y'all jaws drop and make you scratch your head and wonder, hmm, should I have left my church by now? Could you probably steal that, but that's not my business. Not my business today, okay? That's not why we're here today. We'll get to that later, I promise. Um, <laughs> but today I wanted to talk about why I quit church, all right? <gasps> yes, yes, it, it, I did, I did, we did, we, we, me and my husband, we quit. Um, we quit church. Now, let me preface that by saying we quit church, but we did not quit um, having a relationship or believing in God, right? So we are still believers. We still have integrity. We still have standards. We still live our lives off of the guidance and the wisdom and the truth that we have come to learn through scripture, right? Um, but we no longer govern ourselves according to uh, church culture and church mindset and group thought and group think. And so that's something that I think a lot of people oftentimes have to retrain themselves to like have their own identity, their own mental identity, their own um, physical identity and their own spiritual identity. You're an adult and you get to choose a lot of things in your life. But I think a lot of people check out when it comes to church. They, they, they drop the bag of their own choice ability when it comes to church. They just be like, oh, whatever you tell me, because it's for the Lord, I'm going to do it. Lies. I'm not doing it. Not gonna get me like that. Um, so this video will cover that and we'll just you know jump around. But I got a couple of points. So if you see me looking down, I'm looking at my notes. Okay, got my little handy dandy notes here. Um <laughs> to make sure that I stay on topic because I have a lot that I want to cover, but I'll have to break it down into other videos. Okay, so we're not gonna cover everything here, but just know that I will keep good videos coming that hopefully we can engage with, um, talk about, discuss maturely. Right. I am by no means a Bible scholar. Let me also give this disclaimer. I am not a Bible scholar. I am not going to exegete scriptures. I am not going to debate with you scriptures. None of that. Actually, I'm going to you're going to find that I use very few scriptures to make my points because there's so much logic. There's so much logic here that if you find the need to pull out a scripture. You're wrong. You're wrong. And, you know, 
in your heart of hearts that you only need that to back you up because you don't have another argument that would actually make sense outside of what I'm probably saying. Um, I like to get away from scripture when I talk about certain things because for so long that has been people's shield from truth because they are so like deeply rooted in the Bible that they don't actually know how to make sound wise choices and um, takeaways and get their own takeaways without it. They feel like that's their answer for everything. And that's not the answer for everything when logic is actually not sinful. You should use your logic. Dora blinks. Okay, so <laughs> first up, I have to preface and, and say this because it matters. And this is something that I struggled with for a very long time. My attendance does not determine my level of salvation, right? So you have people who have grown up in church like I have, born and raised in church. I don't know anything else outside of it. Um, I thank God for the foundation that I have in church. Well, in spirituality i'm grateful for knowing what i know and seeing my mother walk it out in front of me i'm grateful for her actually living what was taught and not being a hypocrite and not being double-minded in what she did and what she believed so shout out to you because you're the reason why i'm still believing okay at this point um because if the foundation was faulty and and kind of like shaky because i saw people living double lives i probably would have walked away from the faith by now but I just have decided that I'm going to exit church because I'm tired of the toxicity in it. And by that, I do not mean the building. I mean the people. And um, the church, in my opinion, is that it's sick. It's sick. And while it is supposed to be a hospital for the sick, I feel like there's a lot of sick people that have been in there for 30, 40, 50, 60, 20 years, however long. And they don't have a cure. And some of these jokers don't even want to get the vaccine. And I ain't talking about COVID. But anyway, um, my attendance does not determine my level of salvation. That simply means that even if I don't go, I'm still connected to the source, right? I do not feel as if though there is anything about me that is less spiritual or less connected to God or I am not on his radar to bless or to increase or to take care of and provide for because I'm not in a building. I understand that you may want to pull out the scripture of not forsaking the assembly of thyself with our brothers, but you have to understand you can do that anywhere. I know a lot of believers that don't be in church on Wednesdays or Sundays and I can meet up with them and I can still be in the assembly of our brothers, right? Just not in your church that you built and you still passing a collection plate for, you know, for certain things in church. Not my business, not going to go there today. Um, so my level of attendance does not determine my salvation. I know people who literally cannot take vacations because they do not want to miss a service. That's a problem. I know people who, if they do miss a service, they're getting phone calls and text messages trying to find out where they are and if they're okay. And while some of you may think, oh, that's so nice. They just checking up on people. That's called control. Moving right along. Um, if you feel like I'm less saved or I've backslid or whatever words you may want to come up for for that, um, I would like to present to you that I am not going to church for you. I'm going to church for God when I go. If I go. If I don't. That ain't got nothing to do with you. If you checking for me, were you really that involved in service to notice I was missing? Okay, so let people have their freedom. Let people have their freedom to choose if they do or if they don't want to be there on that day, that week, that month, or that year. 
That doesn't mean they don't love the Lord. They just meant they didn't want to come there with you. Don't take it personal. Hashtag Monica. So first up, <laughs> my attendance does not determine my level of salvation. And I believe that to this day. And that's why I am okay with not going to church any longer. Next up, leaders becoming owners. So I kind of hit in that a little bit towards the end on the first subject about if you don't come, then people are checking up on you and trying to find you and, and how that goes. And so that played a big part for us before we moved to Texas. We were in Mississippi and we were part of a ministry where uh, we grew very close to the leaders. We were in their personal space. Um, which I do not recommend anyone do. If you go to church and you you know are close to your pastors, um, try to wrap that up. Get out of that situation. Just allow them to be your leaders where you um, go to church to hear them you know provide the scripture and revelations that they may get about the scripture. But personal relationships with the pastors, I feel is extremely overrated. It gives you a false sense of connection. But you end up being able to see the actual human element of that individual, of their family. And it can be very hurtful sometimes when that changes uh, because of something you did or didn't do. And you have to see that person for who they truly are. And it's not all daisies and roses. Um, I have a very big problem when I encounter people who are very protective of their leaders. To the point where they will fight you, curse you out, go ham over their pastor. That's called idol idolizing. But, you know. What do I know? I was only in church for 24 years of my life and saw all of the toxicity from beginning to end, 365 days of the year, you know, same old foolery. So yeah, that that is a, a big thing for me, leaders becoming owners to where they want to manipulate, use the Lord said a lot. Um, I'm not a firm believer in the Lord saying anything to you that he did not pick up the phone text or call to say to me, if the Lord is speaking to other people about my life more than he's speaking to me, then there's a problem with my relationship and connection to him. AT&T has never sent somebody else my bill and told them that I needed to pay it. Have they done it to you? No, I didn't think so. So they'll talk directly to you if they have something to say. So when you find a lot of people or leaders who want to always communicate to you to get you to do something they want you to do by saying, thus said the Lord, check that. Because more than likely is manipulation and they are trying they're trying very hard to control you, and I'm not here for it. So be able to clock things. That's discernment, and that's what um, has always been something that I've been able to do my entire life. I've been titled um, insubordinate. I've been titled um, difficult because I do not let. I don't go with the flow. If you're doing wrong, or I ch I, I, I see something that you're doing, if I I, I can check it, I'm gonna check it. No matter what your title is, wrong is wrong, no matter who's doing it. And so leaders becoming owners is something I do not like at all um, because you're actually using your authority in order to make people feel like they have to come subject under you and they have to be subjected to whatever you choose to spew. And that is not of God. I don't think that's what God wants. I don't think that that's what he calls you to do to keep people in check for him. That's not it. That's not it. But if that's what you allow to happen to you, that's your business if you like it. I don't love it, but it ain't my business because I left the church. Um, next up, self-serving appreciations and anniversaries. Oh, 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 yeah. So um, I've, of course, uh, participated in these things because I was in church for a long time. And 
in my adult life, I've, I've been a part of my fair share of appreciations where everybody is just hustling and bustling to uh, please the pastor and put them on a pedestal, the pastor and his wife, and make sure they got everything they need. And she's decked out to the nines, honey, matching suit, shoes, and hat. And he got on the 15-piece suit, child. I'm talking about a whole Popeye's meal, a 15-piece, honey, with two sides. And by that, I mean the cufflinks and the little pocket, you know, the little pocket foldy little tissue thingy he got all of that and so what ends up happening at these appreciations and anniversaries for pastors other pastors and visiting churches come out to um congratulate and celebrate these pastors and in my opinion it is a form of idolization and worship yet again you as a pastor decided to accept the calling right from the lord and then when you go and you allow your church or you yourself deem it to be an appreciation Sunday or an appreciation month for your pastor where everybody comes together and bestows gifts and cash upon you and do all of these things on your behalf. Where is God glorified in any of that? That sounds like a very man-made event, right? Where everybody else is belittled and has to become subservient under you. I'm not interested. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. That's just me. I didn't I don't like it. I don't like watching people have to pull from their struggle bank. And by that, I mean people who don't have it to give have to find it to give it to you because you chose to accept the calling of pastor. If I at any point in time have to struggle to give you one hundred and fifty dollars, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars or any of that, just so you feel, you know, glorified and you feel appreciated that day. I, I that is the day that I need to leave church. Because if I don't have it, I do not have to find it to give it to you. Because what are you going to do with it? You're not going to give it back to me at any point in the year. I have yet to see any pastor say, for this pastor's appreciation, whatever is given to me, we're going to put it in a benevolent fund and give it to any families who are in need this year. I have yet to find or see any pastor say that they don't want. Yeah. Let me take that back because I have actually been to a church where a pastor literally had never had an appreciation service. And I won't even tell you what ethnicity this ministry was, but I'm sure you can guess. Um, I have been to churches where this has happened and it blew my mind because I thought everybody was having pastors appreciations and they're not. And they're giving way more than they take from the ministry. And the ministry is a multi-million dollar church and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. But whatever. So these kind of services are always a red flag to me because it's one of those things where you always have to be in the mindset and position of I am greater than higher than you and you are appreciating and giving me accolades for choosing to serve the Lord because there are a lot of people that did not answer the call. Correct. And so by that, do they get an appreciation service? No, you should just be grateful that you have the honor and the privilege to lead other people to Christ. But that's not good enough for some people. They have to have an entire weekend full, a full flyer of acts, praise and worship, guest choirs, pre-speakers, uh, 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 keynote speakers, and all of that just for them. But God is to be glorified. I think not. This is why I quit the church. Next up, not getting back what you put in. So... I think about this on the lines of people who have been in church for essentially their entire lives and they have not seen any um, benefits of that. And I don't mean financially, right? I just mean as an individual. 
you want your any organization that you're a part of you want to feel edified and everything isn't just gonna always be oh my reward is in heaven no 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 that's not good enough for me so what you're gonna need to do is possibly give the highest tither of the month a special parking spot let me come underneath the awning with pastor honey in the morning somebody somebody come and valet my car when I pull up, because there are certain things, you guys, that you I, I want you to understand goes into church culture. When you talk about sowing into good ground and you know there's going to be a breakthrough and give this and do that. And I want 10 people to come in line right now and give $100. Where does that stuff go? Like who who sees that stuff? It feels good to have given. Right. But then when you never receive anything back, that should be a problem. That should be a big problem. So the ministry that I mentioned earlier in the video um, about them being a multi-million dollar ministry and the pastor never having an appreciation ever um, and being a millionaire himself. So he was a millionaire before he even built the church through businesses and actual other things that he'd done in life. And when he built the church, he, you know, was able to put his own wealth into it to help to increase the kingdom. Well, since then, this very ministry has been able to give beyond. Last year alone, I think they paid off over $20 million in medical debt for an entire county here in Texas. Um, amongst other things, sending truckloads, and I mean like freight trucks, your huge freight trucks that you see on the highways, freight trucks full of relief for um, cities and states that have had the bad wildfires, um, amongst other things. So relief in New Orleans and in Houston when there's been bad storms, they send truckloads of food and water and all of that in order to give back. And that's from their parishioners giving into the ministry above and beyond. And so when I talk about not getting back what you put in, I mean, even on a level of being just satisfied with seeing the ministry be effective in community. If I'm a part of anything that's not actually growing and thriving to where it can meet the need of others around me as well as mine whenever I need it, then I don't want to be connected to that because that's that's being a part of something that's actually not even growing. That looks like a shriveled up seed in the ground that has not been watered and that is not actually sprouting because no one else can benefit from it or eat from it. Anything that I do, I need people to be able to eat from it. That's health. That's thriving. That's growing. That's increase. And so when you think about ministry and church, it should be a beacon on a hill, people, to where people can point to it, see it, and go to it for what they need, right? But instead, a lot of us find ourselves going to churches and buildings that have nothing. They have no supply. They have no abundance. They have no surplus to give out of because they're always asking for you to give into. And when you need something, they need you to present everything but the last four of your social and your W-2. And that's a problem for me. And it should be a problem for you. But even if it isn't, doesn't matter because that's why I quit the church. Um, next up, serving man and trying to please them more than God. Uh, I think that this is such a huge thing for me because this is where the manipulation comes into play, where people want you to do things and they say it's in the name of the Lord, but really it's in the name of man. Um, if you're not there on time, if you didn't give a certain amount, if you didn't um, adhere to or volunteer or sign up or show up, then that's a problem. Even on down to the point of um, praise and worship. 
Some of this stuff at this point is just straight up entertainment. I never have read a scripture where they said that Jesus had an opening act before he, you know, preached to people in Galilee or any of that. I, I mean, I, I just, even the, you know, the fishes and the loaves, I don't remember nobody doing a praise dance before he lifted the basket and, you know, did any of that. Uh, you know, the last supper, there were no, um, special performing guests. This is, they didn't have no, no, no singer from, Egypt come down. It, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot for me um, to just reconcile in my mind how much church has been commercialized just to keep people's attention, just to engage people. And you wonder why people don't want to come for certain things. Because what you've done at this point is added a lot of fillers. You feel me? You've added a lot of fillers where there should be a foundation so firm and so good where people only want to hear the word. And it doesn't matter if you preach it or teach it for 30 minutes, for 25 minutes, or for five hours. It's so edifying and it's so good that you don't have to uh, rebuke people for wanting to leave. Oh, don't be looking at your watches. Why? Who are you talking to, though? Like, I can look at my watch, my phone my laptop, my iPad to see what time it is because I need you to wrap it up because you've just been talking because you want to talk. Anytime you can step out of the spirit to correct me or anybody else to tell people, don't be looking at the clock, at the clock. don't be looking at the time. I know y'all want to get to the buffet line. Well, if you know this, why are you still talking? Why? Why? Because more than likely you're not saying anything new. Doesn't matter. Because this is why I quit the church. Next up. Um, and I don't even know if I'm really done with the serving man and trying to please them more than God. I mean, like a lot of times I've heard people say that they're doing things as unto the Lord. And I remember it. I remember there were times when we were in, in, in church and Courtney literally would just walk up to our pastor and have emptied his wallet. Now, this was before we had kids, y'all. And this is when we really was in the struggle with a C. S-C-R-U-G-G-L-E. We were in the struggle. Um, and Courtney would just walk up to our pastor and empty out his wallet. Like give him everything that was in the wallet. And when we get in the car, I would be like, how much was that? Because like I knew we had bills. Like I was like, carry the one. So who going to pay to go wallet and light if you just gave him all of that? And so we had the faith though. Oh, this is going to be such a great second video, right? We had enough faith to where we were always provided for because we truly believed in what we were being taught. But now that we've removed ourselves from it, there were some things that we now realize we were serving man. It really wasn't unto God. It was actions that we wanted to please him. We wanted to please pastor. And I've heard it. I've been that person where you want to please your leader. It's nothing about God, y'all. It's all about that man. It's all about that man and his wife. What did you say, baby? I need my cup right there. Yeah, get your cup. It's all about that leader and that pastor and doing it for them. Like, who are we kidding? No, 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 no. Don't. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Homegirl was trying to put her cup underneath my little water fountain. Like, no, boo. That's still water. You can't just be out here putting a cup of still water in your mouth. No, no, no. Close it. Thank you, baby. Um, in no way, shape, form, or fashion is that something that you want to find yourself doing often and frequently to where you don't really, you're not really like trying to press towards the mark 
for God's standard, of God's standard, you're pressing towards the mark for man. What are they going to say if they see me doing this? What are they going to say if they see me wearing this? What are they going to say if they see me, if they hear me saying this? What are they going to say if they see me with this person or if they see me here or whatever? That's when you're in bondage to man. So much so that you can't even live your life because you don't want to disappoint them. You don't want to be judged by them. A lot of the times you only, no, not a lot of the times, all of the time, you only need to be seeking approval from within. How do I feel about this? Does it feel wrong to me? Does it feel wrong to me? And if anybody comes to me with a thus said the Lord, you shouldn't have been or you, you, you was here and you was doing this. I want to know again, why is the Lord talking to you more often about my life than he's speaking to me about it? I don't feel conviction for this. And that doesn't make me wrong for not feeling conviction. That just means that you are more into my life and my business than you should be. And there are shortcomings that you need to be focused on. And so it's the bondage of it all. When you find yourself trying to serve man and really leaving God out of it because you already know if you feel like it's right or wrong, so you should or shouldn't do it. But when you totally go past that for God's standard and you're just like the man of God said, or the pastor's wife came to me and asked me, was I with such and such? That's... That's flesh and it's a hard pass for me. I'm not interested in being corrected by another human. Not on that level. Not when I myself should have a good enough connection to where I know if I should or shouldn't be doing something that doesn't please the Lord or doesn't please me as an individual. Um, there are certain things that I'm just not going to do because I have standards and integrity. And there are just some things I don't want to be associated with. So you don't have to check me. You don't have to run up on me with no thus said the Lord or call me into a back room. I don't like them kind of meetings. But it don't matter. I don't have to worry about those kind of meetings because that's why I quit going to church. Um, next up on the list, hearing from God myself and not needing a crutch. So I actually just went into this a little bit um, towards the end there. There have been so many times where people have questioned the things that Courtney and I have done or wanted to do. Um... By saying things like, make sure you heard from God. And we hear it all the time, y'all. Uh, make sure you hear from God. Make sure you see God about that. Can any... Drop down in the comment section below. Have any of y'all ever actually sought out God and not heard an answer, but still did it? Or do you not even know what you're waiting for to hear from him? Because I, I mean, like it, it's one of those things that made me really, really annoyed with people in church who don't even know how to tell people how to hear from God or what that is like. Because sometimes you're waiting for something, an audible voice or a breakthrough or something to happen for you and it never comes. But in reality, it wasn't that it didn't come. It was that, that you weren't properly positioned in the line to actually hear or to see the answer. And oftentimes that happens because you're too busy trying to tap into other people for your answers and not really trying or not really being prepared for when the answer presents itself to you internally. Here, here, you don't have clarity. And so I know that it's very difficult sometimes, but a lot of times intercession and prayer on other people's behalf um, looks like you going to people and asking them to pray with you intercede with me let me tell you guys something so some of y'all may or may not know what I do and that's fine if you want to go and look it up you can um google me <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for a very long time um but what happens is what has happened is that 
since we have removed ourselves from church, right, it has allowed us to personally have our own relationship with God and with our creator to the point that we know the power that we have. A lot of the times in church, you give up your power in order to be um, assisted or use your leaders as a crutch for your own breakthroughs or for your own increase or for your own blessings. And it's really harmful when you start putting that amount of stock into another person instead of into your source. Um, I'm married, but I don't put all of my happiness, all of my love, all of my joy, all of my clarity into my husband. He has to have his own relationship. He has to have his own clarity, his own peace, his own joy, his own happiness. And then I need to be able to have my own source of that as well for me. I don't take everything to him and say, Courtney, please touch and agree. Pray over me, baby, that this happened. That da -da 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 -da. Well, Christian, what can you do for yourself? Because it's going to always be a relationship that has to be connected. Like it has to be from here to here. It can't always be from here to here to here. And that's what it looks like when you put all of your, your, your trust and your hope and your faith in your pastor. You go from wanting the pastor to hear from God on your behalf. God said to him and then said to you. And some of y'all don't even be listening. Then y'all still don't follow, follow through. And how will you ever know if it's truly a word for you, especially if you never see it manifested in your life? And then you'll want to start blaming the pastor for that or something that you didn't do or it just wasn't time or God's timing is perfect or he wasn't, he wasn't, he didn't want me to have it right then. No, some of the time y'all just simply missed it. You simply missed it. Hold that L and try again because there's always room for you to correct. There's always room for you to course correct, but it's very difficult for you to see that when you put all of your trust and your faith in man and none of it into the actual source. And so that is why I am personally okay with where we are right now in our journey and how we've decided to leave church, but not the faith. There's a difference. You get to choose where you work. You get to choose where you go to eat. You get to choose where you grocery shop. You get to choose where you get your hair and your nails done and buy your clothes and where you even pump your gas. And you also get to choose where you go to church. And if none of those things serve you, if you don't like the store and their produce, if you don't like the store and their prices, you choose another one. If you don't like your job and you don't like the pay, you don't like the leadership, you don't like the customers, you go fill out applications and you go get a new job. If you don't like the gas station, if you don't like their snacks, if you don't like their pumps and they're always out of gas or their gas prices are higher than the one across the street, you go to another gas station. Why is it that so many of us choose to continue to stay at the same church year after year, decade after decade, month after month, Sunday after Sunday, when you could simply choose another one if it's not serving you? If you're not connecting, if you're not being edified, if you're not feeling as if though God is truly there when you're there, if the presence is not there, and sometimes you may just want to go and simply be around other people who will love on you and pay attention to you and will be connected to you, and you don't get that either. If you leave church and you be talking about the people you were just in church with, child, you don't get out of my face and go join a country club because that's what you're a part of. Nobody should be talking about nobody when they leave church because that shouldn't have even been the focus. Shouldn't have even been the focus. But since I'm not in church no more, that's not my business. And whoever I choose to talk about that is in church, that's just entertaining because I'm I'm usually flabbergasted that people are still there after the abuse, after the uh, the mental and the spiritual um, dwarfism that I continue to see from people. 
completely spiritually immature and mature, immature, like adults who are just immature in general and have no ability to really lead themselves into their own freedom bothers me often. But it's nothing that I can judge because I found my freedom. I found my peace and it truly has been given to me outside of organized religion. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not going to church every Wednesday and Sunday. I feel no conviction because I understand that while I was there, I encountered more problems. I encountered more hardship. I was in more bondage mentally, spiritually, and emotionally than ever before. And now that I've removed myself from within those walls, I am free to not only be me, but to be connected to my source and to be a light to others. So hopefully this video has helped you and just given a little bit more clarity on where I'm going with my content and how I plan on um, delivering it. Being very succinct and being very precise and being very direct. I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings, but if your feelings are hurt and if you're offended in the process of watching my content, don't watch it. Or simply, you know, add your comments below and we can hopefully engage in a healthy, productive dialogue. I don't wanna hurt anybody's feelings. And again, like I said, um, these are all my experiences. I'm not doing no he say, she say, I saw, I thought. These are things that have happened to me. And anything that I share here and you don't like it, remember, I didn't choose your role and what you did in my story. You did, all right? So you go be great, okay? And in the words of Tabitha the Brown, you go and have you the best day. And if you can't, don't you dare go mess with nobody else's. You can't mess up mine. That's why I quit going to church. <laughs> I love y'all for real. Thank you so much for tuning into this video. Have a great, amazing rest of your day and your week, and I will see you guys on the next one. Bye. This is a production of 1217 Media.